Gospels, open them up to Mark chapter 4. Hallelujah. Going to the Gospel of Mark. Thank you, Lord. I believe this is a timely word. And even if you're not in the situation now, guess what? You're going to need this word. So you just better take hold of it. You know, a lot of times we get in predicaments and situations and we're not filled up on the word. We need to get filled up so when we run into a situation, it's already available. We pull it out of the reserve. Amen? All right. Mark 4, 35 through 40. says this, On the same day when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we perish, that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he, Jesus, said to them, to the disciples in the boat, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, this is a great account. I mean, there's so many things we can pull out of this account. But have you ever been in a place in your life, like the disciples of Jesus in that boat, where you are trying to cross over to the other side, you're trying to move forward in life, and you encounter a violent spiritual storm. Have you ever been there? And that storm was so severe. You have almost given up the fight. You have almost thrown in the towel because of the fear, because of the anxiety that was beating against your mind. Preaching to someone today. The, the disciples that were in the boat fell into the trap that many of us fall into in life. They fell into the trap of fear and anxiety. But, listen, the whole time, Jesus was right there in the boat with them. Listen to this truth from the Word of God. Jesus said that he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. Jesus is with us in the boat of life through the Holy Ghost. Are you, the question is, are you aware of his presence in your life? Or are you looking past him? Jesus is in the boat with you. Today I want to talk about the peace of God. I want to talk about the peace of God. How many in this place, and you watching around the world, you want to live in the peace of God? Let me see your hand this morning. Yeah, I see you out there in TV land. Who doesn't want to live in the peace of God? If someone says they don't want to, the elevator's not going all the way to the top. Are you hearing me? Is there breath in your lungs this morning? 
So I want to share with you a few points and passages in the Word of God that I believe will help you get to that point of receiving the peace of God. Now, I want to go back to, uh, to a scripture here. I want to go back and point out something that Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, verse 40. Mark 4, uh, yeah, Mark chapter 4, verse 40. Interesting. He said this, Jesus said this. He said to them, to the disciples in the boat, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I find that interesting. If you have a pen or a pencil, you might want to underline the word you in both of those. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Do you realize that in that verse that Jesus is telling the disciples that they did not have to fall into the trap of fear and anxiety? Jesus was saying it was in 100% of their control not to fall into fear and anxiety. Another piece of evidence on this matter, go to John 14, 27. John 14, 27. Well, I, I just can't control it. Uh, yes, you can. Because first of all, you have a free will. Amen? All right. Now, we'll talk about that more in a moment. But John 14, 27 says this. Jesus said this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let not underline let not now let not is a phrase that shows our will is involved and that we have a choice to make in the matter <clears throat> the word of god has many passages in scripture here that deals with the fact that we have control over our thought life here i go again back on that thought life thing but I'm telling you right now, I, I, you can't live a victorious Christian life without dealing with the thought life. The only way that fear can come in and overtake your faith is if we allow it to. You're the one, I'm the one that has to open the gate to fear and anxiety. You are the gatekeeper of your life. Are you hearing me? Listen to this. Fear is nothing more than perverted faith. Oh yeah, it's faith. It's perverted though. It's twisted. It's a faith in anything that is contrary to the word and will of God. That's what fear is. Fear and unbelief. Listen to this. Fear and unbelief are so against our original purpose and God's original intent for mankind. We were never created to be in bondage to fear. Did you know that? We were never created to be in bondage to fear. Never, never, never. We were never created to doubt God. 
follow me. We were, ne- we were created, however, to fellowship with God. We were created to believe him with childlike faith. That was God's and is God's plan and purpose for mankind. In fact, fear didn't enter the picture until Adam and Eve sinned. The fall of man. Are you hearing me? Don't ever forget this, Christians uh, and unbelievers. Don't ever forget this. God's original intent is still his intent today. It is. It's still his intent today in the year 2008, come on, and through eternity. If you will simply hold on to the anchor of your soul, you know what the anchor of your soul is? The word of God. And yes, Jesus. Jesus is the word. John 1.1. Are you hearing me? But if you will hold on to the anchor of your soul, which is the word There is nothing that the storms of life can come at you with that will move you off course. See, Paul said it this way. I love it. He said, nothing moves me. Nothing moves me. What was he saying? Nothing is going to distract my spiritual walk from seeking the Lord Jesus Christ with all, say all, All. of my heart. A fear problem or an unbelief problem is the result of an out-of-control thought life. That's, I mean, let's break it down. It's an out-of-control thought life. And we as Christians must learn how to focus on and draw strength from the promises in the Bible. Amen. That belonged to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to John 16, John 16, 33, Jesus is still doing the speaking. Listen to this. He said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So through the tribulation, we can still be of good cheer, Jesus said. Now, either he meant what he said or he didn't. Now, Listen to this. This is interesting. The Greek word that's translated tribulation there means pressure, an oppression, a stress, a squashing, or a squeezing. The same Greek word is used in the sense, listen, of crushing grapes or olives in a press. Listen. We are going to feel the squeeze at times in life. There is no doubt about that. But what comes out of you during those times reveals what's on the inside of you. Because it's squeezing you. Is there faith in God's word? Is the word of God in you? Or is unbelief in you? If the word of God is in your heart... During those times when you are squeezed in life, that will come out of your mouth and it will manifest in your actions during that storm. It's like a sponge. When you soak the sponge in water, when it's squeezed, what comes out? Milk? No. 
water. And we need to be spiritual sponges for God's word. We need to just take it all in. Amen? Now the word of God says in Proverbs 18.10, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it or into it and are safe, are secure. See, there is peace there is safety. There is protection in the name of Jesus. And we must learn to abide in him. We must learn to find our refuge in him. We must learn to run to him, in him, not away from him in the storm. Are you hearing me? Run back to him. The name of the Lord. See, the provision is available. But we need to stay off of the devil's territory. We need to stay off of the devil's real estate by giving in to fear and unbelief in God's word. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord. I tell you, there's been incredible testimonies. Someone here needs to hear this. Someone out there needs to hear this. There's been incredible testimonies when they, they tried to get, so a person was getting mugged or something. And the person yelled out the name, Jesus! And the person just dropped and ran away. Amen. Just in the very essence of the name of Jesus brought freedom and deliverance from a situation. Why? Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. You're in a situation today, call out the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus over that situation. Hallelujah. Psalm 61, verse, verses 1 through 3. Go there with me. Hallelujah. Psalm 61. Remember, don't ever forget, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Hallelujah. Psalm 61, verses 1 through 3. says, hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I like that. For you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. When you are in trouble, when you are feeling the pressure or the squeeze of a certain trial or circumstance... If God is in the priority seat of your life, like the psalmist here in Psalm 61, you will cry out to God and you will seek his provision. You will seek his wisdom for the situation that you're encountering. I love that. Lead me. God, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Why do we need that? Because there are times when the enemy will try to come in like a flood. So we need to run into that tower. We need to climb that ladder. God, take me to the rock that's higher than I. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. If you feel like you're wandering aimlessly in the storm that you're facing right now, you need to simply press in like never before and ask God to lead you back to that rock that's higher than you. Lead me, God, back to the rock that's higher than my situation. God promises in the book of Isaiah 
that he would lift up a standard against the enemy. Are you hearing me? On our behalf, by the way. Psalm 61.3, I want to point out this one, one verse here. says, for you, underline it, have been. Have been. For you have been a shelter for me. A strong tower from the enemy. The psalmist here was looking or thinking back to all the times that God has protected him from the storms of life. Where God has protected him from the enemy in the storms of life. And the psalmist was drawing strength from the faithfulness of God from his past. There's times where we just simply need to go back, think back, when you were in a situation that seemed so hopeless. But guess what? God came through for you. If he didn't let you down then, he's not going to let you go now. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go a little deeper into the thought life in connection to the peace of God and our responsibility in the matter. Go to 2 Timothy 1 2 Timothy 1 7. I'm gonna I'm gonna say deeper. Deeper, say deeper. deeper. I'm gonna take you deeper in the word. Let's go scuba diving diving in the word. Amen. I'm gonna stretch you with these next scriptures that I'm gonna bring up. I'm gonna stretch you. Because I th- there may be something you've never seen it from this angle before. Because you don't want to know why? I haven't either. So we're just going to do a little scuba dive in, in the word here. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this. For God has not given us, the Christian, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, so in this one verse, God is making it very clear to us. That he has nothing to do with the spirit of fear in your life as a Christian. God has nothing to do with it. It's not in his plan for your life. He hasn't given it to you. Isn't that good to know? Now that should be a no-brainer thing to say. But there are a lot of people who believe that God gives us these things. These bondage blessings, I call them. And it's a lie from the pits of hell. God is saying, hey, look, I'm a good daddy. I'm a good father. I have nothing to do with this bondage in your life. Or any bondage for that matter. So in this one verse, God makes it clear that that's the case. He not, has nothing to do with fear. However, God has given you, the Christian, a spirit of power. Love and of a sound mind. You know what's taking place in this one scripture here? God is contrasting a spirit of fear with the Holy Ghost. He simply just, listened. he said, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but what kind of spirit has he given you? A spirit of love, spirit of power, spirit of a sound mind. Amen? The Holy Spirit assists us in life as Christians by imparting that power, by imparting the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. And he will assist you in having a sound mind if, say if, we yield to him. All right? Now, 
This, this is something you really got to tune in on here. I want to zoom in on the sound mind part of that verse right now. All right, because I'm talking about the peace of God. How do we get, how do we position ourselves to take a hold of the peace of God? The Greek word that is translated sound mind, all right, is composed of two parts in the Greek. And if you translated them into English, the first word, the first part of this word is safe. And the last part is literally the mind. It literally means safe thinking. It includes the qualities of self-control and self-discipline. Listen, the Holy Spirit is always trying to help you and I, trying to lead us back to the path of possessing a sound mind. Say safe thinking. That must mean if there's safe thinking, there must be unsafe thinking. Oh, I'm going to take you deeper now. How important is it to have a sound mind? Let's go back to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26, verse 3. It's good to have gr spiritual growing pains, isn't there? Spiritual growing pains. We, we all need to continue to grow spiritually, don't we? And one way to grow spiritually, feeding on the meat of the word. And I think here, this is going to be some meat for you. So just get your blender out if you've got to mix it up a little bit more. But all right, here we go. It says this. You will keep him or that person, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. This verse says that God will literally keep us in perfect peace. I found out something about God, that God will always do what he says. Amen. When we follow the instructions in the book. If we follow the instruction that is given... Our mind must be stayed on or fixed or unmovable on God and his word. Well, it just said if you keep your mind stayed on God. Well, you can't separate God from his word. You just can't do it. Are you hearing me? So our mind must be stayed, fixed, or Focused on, continually, on God and his word. What's the opposite of staying focused on God and his word? Double-mindedness. Double-mindedness. The book of James says that a double-minded man or person will not receive anything of the Lord. Double-minded means that one minute... You're believing and you're quoting the promise in the word of God that you're trying to stand on, that you're standing on. And the next minute, you're in unbelief and speaking contrary to what the word says. That's double-mindedness. But this says, whose mind is stayed upon, who's fixed, single-minded. We need to be single-minded Christians. 
focused on God and his promises in the Bible. Now listen, what is interesting about this verse is the Hebrew word that's translated peace. I know we, we just in the English, you know, just in the English language, we kind of, we just read this in the Bible and we, oh, peace. You know, you just kind of bounce over it. But listen to me. The Hebrew word that is used here for peace is shalom. You got to understand something. Hebrew and Greek are very rich, is a very rich language. In other words, there could be, there's one Greek word, but there's many different English words that could be used. And it just so happened that peace is used in this scripture here in the English. But do you want to know what shalom means? Shalom implies the blessings of health, happiness or joy, well-being, and peace. And to top it off, God puts the word perfect in front of shalom. Now, what does that mean? Literally, that means complete. Perfect means complete. So in other words, God wants you to and I to have complete health, complete happiness or joy, complete well-being, and complete peace in our life. Shalom. All that's wrapped up in one word. Like salvation is an all-inclusive word that implies all these things and more. But listen, we were, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. We were created to possess these blessings. We were created to possess all these blessings. God's original intent is still his intent today. He just made a way through his son Jesus Christ now. And that's why the word of God says Jesus is the doorway or pathway to shalom. To salvation. Are you hearing me? All right. And we can experience every one of them. That's God's promise to his children. But what's the opposite of that truth? What's the opposite of this? Scripture here, Isaiah 26, 3. If we don't, if we as Christians don't keep our minds stayed upon or focused on or fixed on God, we will not have perfect or complete shalom or complete health or complete happiness or complete joy or complete well-being or complete peace. Come on, guys. It's a no-brainer. How many of you know the, the peace of God leaves us when we take our eyes off of him and his word? Amen? You've had, if you've been a Christian for two seconds, you had to have found that out by now. You don't have to be into it for 20 years. <laughs> Amen? But listen, I'm just going to stretch. Say stretch. The word that is translated mind in Isaiah 26.3 is not the usual Hebrew word. But rather, it's a word meaning. Are you ready for this? This is the word. Creative imagination. I'm telling you, I'm probably going to take you to a place you never thought of before with this scripture. Are you ready for this? And I'll prove it through the word of God. I'm not going new age on you. This is the word of God. And I'll prove it. The thought of this verse is that he whose mind 
or Im creative imagination is firmly founded and planted on the Lord and on his written word will enjoy the benefits of shalom. Now follow me. You're going to have to follow me to see where I'm going with this. Holy Ghost, show them. Listen, let me just set a groundwork for this right now. Your imagination, my imagination, is not evil in itself. It is how you use it. See, God created it. Did God make a mistake when he created your imagination? No, he did not. Because, but listen, those who are in the new age and other unbelievers have twisted it and used it in an ungodly way. All right? Remember this. Don't ever forget it. Satan cannot create anything. He simply takes a spiritual law, a spiritual reality, and he perverts it in an evil way. He's not a creator. God's the creator. Satan is the perverter. He's a pervert. In fact, say that with me. Say, Satan, you're a pervert. <laughs> he is. Hallelujah. But listen, God created and gave you the ability to have an imagination. He obviously had a purpose for you to use it in a holy and sanctified way. Oh, my my goodness. Oh, my, my, my. I'm telling you, this, uh, this is an incredible key that you need to really latch on to. God created it. He gave you and I the ability to have an imagination. Let me say it again. He obviously has a purpose for you to use it in a holy and sanctified way. Now, that's very interesting. Watch how I tie this into other passages. Go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. Very popular passage talking about faith here. <laughs> Glory to God. I've never seen this before. This is powerful. He who keeps his mind or creative imagination on God. Mm -mm -mm. God will keep him in perfect peace. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Listen to this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. All right. Listen to me. Hope must first be present. Before faith can be manifested in your life. Follow me. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. There's got to be a hope for something. You've got to have a hope. A confident expectation for something. Before it turns into faith. Then faith is now faith. That's why Hebrews 11, now faith. Say now faith. Now. Faith is now. Alright, Listen. The point I want to make is this. When you have hope or a confident expectation, 
that's based on God's promises. Listen to me. Always stay in line with the word of God. Don't ever get out of line with the word of God. That's when you're going to get on the devil's territory. And that's why the New Agers have taken this outside of the boundaries. Are you hearing me? The point I want to make is this. When you have a hope or a confident expectation that's based on the word of God. And then it turns into faith. Somewhere in that process, I guarantee you that you could see or imagine yourself with the praise report or blessing. Oh, come on now. Are you following me? Oh, my goodness. I got to say it again. I've got to say it again. When you, have a, when you fill yourself with the word of God, a promise of God. You fill yourself so much, that hope, that confident expectations building up, and then it turns into faith. Somewhere in that process, I guarantee you, you could picture yourself, imagine yourself well in taking hold of that praise report. Uh, listen, you want some more stuff? Fine. I believe that when Joshua and Caleb were scoping out the promised land and they seen the giants there. I believe that they imagined they could picture themselves defeating the enemies and living the good life on that promised land before it came to pass. What about David when he faced Goliath? I believe that before David went face to face with Goliath, David could imagine himself. He would daydream about killing Goliath. Can you see how this creative imagination thing is in the process? Because everything you do, everything that you accomplish first begins in your thought life right up here. As a man thinks, so is he. That's why there's times when I minister healing to someone and I say to them, can you picture yourself well? Whatever it is. Can you, can you see yourself well? No, I can't. That's the point where I say, you know what, brother, sister? Fill yourself with the word more. Build up that, fill yourself so much that that hope, that confident expectation builds up. And then faith comes. Somewhere in that process then, you can see yourself well. You can see yourself living as a 70, 80 year old man or woman of God. That this disease, this thing's not going to take you out. Oh, <laughs> glory to God. Listen, you want more? Fine, go to 3 John 2. You want word? I'll give you word. Hallelujah. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. I'm going to give you some word to establish this thing today. There's nothing wrong with an imagination that's built on the word of God. The Word of God says that prosperity belongs to you. I didn't say you become a millionaire. If it does, great. No, prosperity means, or rich means, that you have more than enough to meet your needs. Now, if you're lacking today, how do you see yourself? Do you always see yourself as broke, poor, disgusted, and broke? Come on. Or can you see yourself with all your needs provided? Because whose mind or creative imagination is stayed upon, founded on the promises of the word. Are you hearing me? Third John 2. 
Beloved, or Christians, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, your soul is defined as your mind, will, and emotions. Notice your mind is in there. Your prosperity and health as a Christian. This according to this scripture, not according to James, but according to the scripture, your prosperity and health as a believer is in direct proportion to how much your soul or your mind prospers in the word of God. And your soul, your mind can only prosper, come on, when you fill it with the word of God. If you are sick, if you have a need today, whatever it is, you must fill yourself with the promises of God concerning that need in your life. And listen, it won't be long if you're really diligent and your heart is really seeking after the Lord. I'm telling you the truth. It won't be long until your hope level begins to rise and you'll be able to see. You'll be able to imagine or picture yourself well or whatever else your need is. And faith comes. Say faith comes. And gives substance to that hope. Is it making sense to you today? When you can imagine, when you can see yourself on the inside with that blessing, you are well on your way to receiving the blessing in, your, in the natural. I'm telling you right now. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Want some more on it? Okay. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. Now, I'm going to read it from the King James t- today because I like the wording on the King James here on this one, all right? Let's read this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly or in the natural, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down, underline it, imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into bringing into captivity every imagine or underline it thought to the obedience of Christ some of you know where I'm going with this listen a stronghold is always created in your thought life always in the mind Satan and evil spirits, listen, they will throw a thought or a picture in your mind and they are betting on you and I, they're betting that we will take hold of it by meditating upon it. And then, not only that, they want to take you to the next step of verbally confessing. Remember what I said the definition of confession is? To say the same thing as. They want, they throw that picture in, you start thinking on that thing, they want you and I to confess it or to say the same thing as, and that's when the thought comes from the outside, it's on the inside, now that thought that was thrown in from the enemy, you've taken hold of it, and that thing starts to incubate. Are you following me? 
Some of you, maybe, maybe there's someone here or out in TV land, you're still having a problem comprehending the importance of your imagination or thought life in a positive sense. Let me break it down this way. You ready? Fear is nothing more than believing in something that is not yet manifested. Right? Fear. False evidence appearing real. Alright? Well, someone who, who uh, maybe has a, a sickness or a disease, you know, oh, you know, they're afraid they're going to die. Well, guess what? You're still alive. You're not dead. You're fearing something that hasn't even happened yet. You're fearing an imagination. <laughs> Did you get that? You're fearing an imagination. Something that's not even reality yet. My. This may be one of the most important sermons I've ever preached, by the way. This is a breakthrough. I, I have never seen this before like this. Now, there's nothing new under the sun. There's probably someone else preaching this. But I'm saying for my own life personally. Amen? But most of the time we fear the consequences of something that has not yet happened. And 2 Corinthians 10.5, like I just showed you, said that we need to cast down imaginations, come on, or word pictures. And every high thing, every spiritual thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's the, where's the knowledge of God found? The Bible, the word of God. Are you hearing me? Oh, you're, you're going to die young. Well, the Word of God promises me a, a long and satisfied life in Psalm 91. Well, that thought must not be of God. Guess what? I'm not going to think on it. I'm going to cast it down to the obedience of Christ. The obedience to the anointed one. The obedience to the anointing. Do you know the anointing destroys every yoke of bondage in your life? Fear begins with a word or a thought that's contrary to the word of God. Then it creeps into the imagination. And we need to cast down those thoughts, those imaginations, quickly. Say quickly. Because once you start thinking on something, it's a slippery slope from there. Is it not? Especially when you're dealing with something life-threatening. It takes incredible discipline. It's not easy, but it can be done. Amen? Now, faith begins or comes from hearing what? Romans 10, 17. By hearing the word of God. And as you hear the word, as you feed on the word, as you read the word of God, that will creep into your imagination or thought life. What God said about you. What God has declared over your life, not what Satan has declared over your life. Come on, not even what another person has declared over your life. Can you picture yourself healed and made whole? Can you imagine yourself, can you picture yourself prosperous according to what God says in his word? If not, you need to get refocused on God and his word. You need to feed on the Word of God more. We need to feed on the Word. The spiritual tank in your heart is empty, and it needs to be filled up. You need to fill up your spiritual tank. Amen? Your, come on, you could say it this way, your spiritual stomach. 
Because just as, come on, just as what physical food is to your natural body, the word of God is spiritual food to your spirit. To your, come on, even, come on, to your body, soul, and spirit. How many of you know it covers all three? I mean, if we took out the body part out of that, you're taking away scriptures. You're taken away from the work that Christ did for you. Because the word says, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. See, in God's mind, that's reality. I'm going to talk about more of this in a moment. Now, we need to stay focused on God's word and realize. Now, no, I want to go here. Listen. Let's look at one more verse, actually. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Let's look at another verse that drives home this point even more about our thought life. Even more about our, come on, biblically creative imagination based on God's word. Philippians 4, 6 through 8, I want to read. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Can you see it tying together? We are to focus on and meditate on God's promises and God's truth. Listen, listen, ready for this? Here it goes again. We are to meditate on God's truth, not earthly facts. <laughs> Sounds like a conundrum, doesn't it? What does that mean? I don't know, I just like the word. Listen. <laughs> My dad always says it, so I just joke around with him about it. But listen, we need to f- meditate on God's promises And God's truth, not on earthly facts. God's truth always supersedes natural facts. Natural facts can be altered by taking hold of God's truth. Now, I didn't say to deny the facts. Did I say deny the facts? Don't put words in my mouth. I didn't say deny them. I just said don't meditate on them. Don't put your imagination to work on them. Are you hearing me out there? But listen, natural facts can be altered by taking hold of God's truth. That's the essence of faith. Are you hearing me? That's the essence of faith. I've got it before I see it in the natural. Right? Right? I mean, that's faith. What do you need faith for once the blessing's manifested? You don't. Faith is the thing that carries you through till you see it. You act like you have it. That's what faith is. How people say, how do I know if I got faith? Well, are you acting like you already have the blessing? No. Then you don't have faith. Right? True faith, if you believe you've got something, you're going to be excited about it. Come on. 
But listen to this. That is why Philippians 4.8 starts out. I love it. Think about this. It starts out <laughs> by saying this. Whatsoever things are true. Isn't that interesting? God's truth supersedes natural facts. In other words, don't take the bait of the mind games that Satan and evil spirits want to bring you into bondage with. Meditate on God's truth, not the natural fact. Now, I didn't say denying. You don't deny the fact. Now, I'm not saying don't go to the doctor either. We believe in doctors, amen? But I'll tell you what, while we're going to the doctors, we're going to press in and seek the Lord with all of our heart. Are you hearing me? There's nothing wrong with doctors. But listen, that is why God puts so much emphasis on our thought life in the Word of God. Because it can alter the whole direction of your life right up here. Right here. It ties into the spiritual law found in Proverbs 23, 7. I said it earlier. For as a man thinks, so is he. If you meditate on the imaginations and thoughts that the enemy throws at you, it is only a matter of time before it begins to manifest in your life. In fact, listen, a word curse wouldn't have as big of an effect on you if you didn't take hold of that word curse and believe it. <laughs> Are you hearing me? It's only a matter of time if you meditate on what the enemy's throwing in your mind. It's only a matter of time before it becomes manifested in your life. And as I talked about in the past in the sermon, The Joy of the Lord, it's a medically proven fact that you're, when your thought life is out of control, stress, anxiety, fear, your health goes out of control. Hmm, kind of ties into 3 John 2, doesn't it? How your health and prosperity in life, your successful journey in life, is in direct proportion to how much your soul or mind is prospering in the Word. See, medical science is finally catching up to the Bible. Fear, stress, and anxiety, it's medically proven, release chemicals in your body that literally feed sickness, disease, and infirmity. Well, how do you explain an ulcer? Amen. That's nothing more. Your body's letting off these chemicals, these acids, because you're in such fear, stress, and anxiety. It begins to eat your stomach lining away. Hello. There's nothing new under the sun. This has been around since God's been around. Are you here? Since the Word's been around, this knowledge has been here the whole time. And we simply need to follow the instructions in the book. I'm almost done. So, if you stay focused on the Word of God and realize that Jesus is in the boat of life with you, you will live a long and satisfied life in the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. This scripture says here, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your, let your request be made known unto God. Listen to this. Let your request be known with thanksgiving. Why can we have 
thanksgiving. Why can we approach God with thanksgiving with a sickness or a disease in our body? Why can we approach God with thanksgiving when we're broke and, and there's not, not enough there for us to make it another day? Why can we do that? Because whatever trial you're going through today in life, God has the solution in his word right here. And you simply need to take hold of the truth and lift it above the contrary facts. Oh, hallelujah. You simply need to lift his truth. Lord, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Are you hearing me? You need to simply exalt the truth of the word of God. The truth of the word of God above the natural circumstances. And like Abraham, come on, we need to believe and speak those things which are not as though they were. And it's at that point, I guarantee you, if you will put this into action, what I preach today, you will see a shift happen. You will see a turning in your situation in the positive when you base it on the word of the living God. So take hold of the provision of peace that God has for you today. You know what? Book of Proverbs says, the book of Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know what that tells me? You can either receive the hope or you can defer it. That tells me that hope must be available for every situation you and I are ever going to encounter in life. Why? Because there's a chance you could defer it. Amen? How can he hope deferred? What do you mean? Well, to defer it means it must be available Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord Jesus. Now, maybe there's someone in this place, someone listening to me on the radio, someone listening and watching us on the Internet around the world right now. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. The Word of God says that today is the day of salvation. What does that mean? It means you might not have a tomorrow. And the Word says when you take your last breath, it's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. If there's breath in your lungs right now, you need to come to Jesus. If you've never made Him Lord of your life, I want you that are here to come forward. Those of you watching and listening to me around the world, just say, Lord Jesus, I confess my sins to you. God, I am a sinner, but I believe that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross, was buried, and rose again the third day. I believe it. I believe the blood of Jesus cleanses me. Now, maybe there's someone in here or around the world, you have strayed from the Lord. Maybe you're one where you realize that you're one that you, you have gotten your focus off of God. You've taken your focus off and it's been on other things. You've had your focus on natural circumstances, natural facts and not the truth of the Word. If you want to rededicate your life. And if you're one that you need to refocus. I'm just opening the altar. Everyone who needs to do that, just come forward and seek the Lord on your own today. Now, maybe you're in this place and you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You can come. Come if you want to come to the altar. 
you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, the Word of God says it is a fact. It is a second experience. Don't shortchange yourself spiritually. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come forward and I want to pray with you to receive the fullness of the Spirit of God. You watching me around the world, if you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, simply say, Heavenly Father, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. It's as simple as when you got saved, it's as simple to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. We make it too hard. It's all by faith. Are you hearing me? You ask and you receive. You ask and you receive. Why? Because you're just believing God's going to do what he said he would do if you do your part. Maybe there's someone in here you need a physical healing in your body. Maybe you need an emotional healing. Maybe you just have a bondage in your life you just need prayer for. Maybe you have a situation in your life you need prayer for. If that's you, I want you to come forward. And Lord, right now, I pray for every person watching who has a sickness or disease or an infirmity in their body. I just loose your healing virtue through that camera right now. And I say, every infirmity come out of their body in the name of Jesus. And I loose your healing virtue in Jesus' name, Lord.
worship you with wonder awesome god holy god as you draw God is good, amen? The goodness of God. How many of you got something from today? Amen? Hallelujah. Now, uh, we uh, made pretty good time. Amen. All right. You might beat some of the people to the restaurant. Okay, Elizabeth and I, we are leaving immediately after service. We're going to the east side. And we're going to be staying the night at Metro Airport, flying out tomorrow morning to Tampa, to Rodney Howard Brown's camp meeting. Amen? I'm excited about that. So look out when I come back. Amen? Going to be a freight train. So uh, anyways, be praying for our safety. Flight leaves at like 10, 15 or something in the morning tomorrow. So, um, Also, what was the announcement, Scott, you wanted me to make here? About the, the festival, festival... Gospel Music Festival. Idlewild? Uh, th when is it? This Thursday the 10th. 6 to 10. In where? Idlewild. All right, that huge metropolis, right? <laughs> All right, if you have any questions, you want to go to that event, see Scott or see Kathy back there. Um, also, make sure you read your bulletin because there's important announcements. Men's ministry is canceled for Saturday. Um, I, as of right now, I'm planning our flight gets back in on Friday. And, uh, man, I hate these. <laughs> our flight gets back Friday, and I'm planning on preaching uh, for Sunday. So we'll see. If not, PJ has something ready just in case, all right? But I, as of right now, I'm planning. I'm planning to be back. So. Um, but there's no men's ministry Saturday, and there was something else. The fair. Oh, the fair, yeah. Make sure, if you can volunteer, if you haven't signed up on the sheet, don't worry about it. Go, just show up, right? If they show up, you guys will use them, right? Show up, and guys, go get them, show them Jesus Christ, amen? Remember, not promoting, the, promote Jesus, promote Jesus, promote Jesus, Amen? Hallelujah. All right. So, Father, right now, I just pray for blessing over this whole congregation, Lord God, for this week. That you would bless them. That every need would be provided for them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, that you would give Elizabeth and I and Matthew safety as we fly to Tampa. 
And I just pray you would open the floodgates of heaven and let us bring it back to Big Rapids. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.